new podcast in the world. From WWE to DNA Impact. By way of the NWA, it's time for Reffing It Up. With legendary referee Brian Hebner. An all new episode starts in... This, this is Reffing It Up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up with Brian Hedner. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is the man in the stripes, no matter what he's doing. Mr. Brian Hedner. Brian, what's up, man? What's going on, buddy? Uh, you sound a lot better than last week, man. You got yourself Hol- together. Right? Holy hell, I apologize. I sent that tweet out last week. I, I extremely apologize. I One of those things, no days off, power through it. And whatever my son had, he had some sort of head cold. And tested negative, all that stuff. Cause now this is when he was still in school. They're out of school now, but uh, whatever he had, I got, it It was all congested and I sound like crap and trying to drink water and stay hydrated. And man, don't want to make it all about me, but shit. <laughs> oh, I mean, Hey, Hey, at least you feel better. At least you sound better. That's, yeah. that's what's, key. that's what's key. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about that. Um, but no, yeah, it's, uh, been one hell of a week, man. It's been one hell of a week. July 4th was yesterday. And uh, good holiday for you, I'm assuming. Oh, it was wonderful, man. Wonderful. Um, yeah, this is the uh, first first week with uh, without being on the road with Impact. And um, I have to say, um, <laughs> I, I, I did miss it too much. Uh, it felt pretty good to not fight this... Uh, airline bullshit that's going on delays cancellations there were more than any of those talked to a few friends that were on the road we're supposed to get home um at 12 1 o'clock ended up getting home at 6 30 7 o'clock at night because they were four hours and whatnot in the airports i do not miss that i do not miss yeah. that at all i was at home by the pool ready to blow up some shit and drink some beer blow some shit up that's what i like to hear legally legally of course right um, I, I have to admit, I, um, I, I ran into a guy at the uh, fire fire truck. Uh, well, it's, it's a fire firework place that you go to. And they always had this trailer. And I always wondered. I, I did. I was wondering, like, what, what's in that trailer? There's something yeah. in that trailer. And uh, my brother-in-law actually did some work for him. And I brought his name up because Andy is his name. that said to me, he buy it from him because he knows who I am. He may give you a good deal or whatever. So I went up there to him and told him who my brother-in-law was. And then uh, I said, Hey man, what's uh, what you got in the back of that truck? And he says, I got fireworks back there. Was, you know, in case I run out of inventory here, I said, do you have anything that's really, really good. That's not on this table. He says, well, I, um, <laughs> I do. And I said, I'm willing to pay whatever, man. So I had about six illegal fireworks. I could talk about it now because nobody got killed. Nobody got hurt. Nothing caught on fire. So I am good to go. And they were amazing. Those things sound like a cannon went off and it looked like we were in freaking Orlando at Disney world. It was amazing. Well, you know, it was, we ended up going to um, the uh, local ball baseball team here. The Rochester Red Wings had a uh, game Sunday night. So uh, it's on Gavin, my wife, DJ, and I went up there work as season tickets. So we sat three rows from the, uh, from the field behind the dugout. Um, so we went there Sunday night. They had fireworks after Gavin got to run the bases. So he was tickled pinky. Couldn't care less about the, uh, the fireworks. He was more worried about getting on the field and running the bases. So, 
Um, yeah, that's what they, that's what they get excited about, man. That's what they get excited about. I I, I did. I've done the same thing with Trevor, man. Oh yeah, awesome. Was it packed, man? The big crowd. Yeah, we had. It was a packed crowd. The seat. The stadium holds about. I want to say, maybe like ten, twelve thousand, and it wow. was pretty. And it was pretty packed. And uh, so it was good to see. It was you no. Know, it's fourth of july weekend it's a sunday night everybody's off tomorrow nobody's in school so a lot of kids and families and stuff were there which is good to see because it's just those minor league sports are hurting quite a bit you know what's you know what's really weird man um you know it's uh so i went to the gym the other day um and I'm, it was a saturday as a matter of fact i remember the day exactly and um, I got to the gym and I normally would have gotten there a little earlier, but I, I got into a conversation with some guys or whatever and went to the gym and walked in the gym and I saw all these people in the parking lot. Now I'm close to a military, um, you know, campus, I guess. And uh, I saw a bunch of them out there or whatever. I didn't know what was going on. I just thought it was 4th of July weekend. They were all out, can do whatever. And they're, you know, obviously the mall is something close to it. And I uh, found out, man, I was 10 minutes short of, being in the mall where my gym's at of a uh, shooting. Jeez. Yeah. I, I was, I was petrified, man, really. And, um, my kids wanted to go watch fireworks and I, I wouldn't let them, man. I, this, this, this world's gotten crazy and unsafe for me, man. And you can't do anything to have fun anymore. So God bless you. I'm glad everything went great. Yeah. Cause I can tell you, I'm, I'm beginning to, to wonder whether, uh, home is my, uh, is my, uh, party ground. <laughs> this is where I, where I dwell. Well, everybody makes fun of me because I'm a homebody. I'd rather stay home, do stuff at home, cook at home, whatever, not go anywhere. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem too outlandish now. But no, these fireworks, man, everybody's setting them off around. I, I don't live in a huge, you know, like a cul-de-sac or what have you. I live on a made road, which are uh, houses behind me and in front of me, whatnot. But they're shooting stuff off. Freaking damn, my one dog just gets totally tweaked out whenever she hears fireworks or something or loud noises. She'll go run in the other end of the house and just paw herself underneath the covers so she can hear them and I'm that's like, cute oh. i'm like oh what the heck wow well it's what's not cute is she's eating all the stupid cat food too on top of it so um <laughs> now that she doesn't eat enough but uh but no yeah it, it, it it's good to get kind of this last big holiday before we get to christ probably what memorial day here and not memorial day, excuse me labor day here in a couple months and we'll say labor day we're actually we'll have an announcement next week we're going to see we're going to tell you next time we can make sure we see you in person. Yes. Uh, yes. Is it that close? Is it that close? Labor Day weekend, bud. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, so we'll let the cat out of the bag next week with that. But also, if you if you follow us on Twitter at Roughing It Up or at Baby Hebner, you probably already know that if you see it. So either way. Yeah, it'll yeah. Be it'll be official official next week. Something that is official, official is the first count of this episode. Brian, so you mentioned this was the first big weekend, first big week that you haven't, you know, been traveling on the airplanes to a show, to tapings, to a pay-per-view. How you been doing? How you been hanging with it? Obviously, you mentioned you went to the gym quite a bit, but how you been kind of, kind of filling that void? Well, uh, um, for, for me, it's been a lot of just, uh, I was with my kids all weekend, man. It was uh, awesome. I was around the pool cooking out. Um, obviously I'm, I'm able to hit the gym really hard now, which is great. I'm loving it. Um, hoping to see some results, the paybacks there, <laughs> but, uh, 
but no, it's just um, you know, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say I didn't miss, okay, but but I but I didn't envy having to do get on a plane, yeah, rent a car, stay in a hotel. Um, I was in my bed, I was in my car, I was at my house, I was at my pool. Um, so it was really nice. It was really nice. It was, you know, I was talking to Daniel uh, quite a bit through the weekend and, um, you know, things went well and that's great. That's what I wish and hope. And, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just, you know, I think the biggest thing for me with this, with this whole thing is just, uh, missing the camaraderie, uh, of, of my peers and, mm-hmm. um, being in that ring. Uh, that's just, you know, something that's embedded in me and, it is what it is, man. At some point, you got to put something down. Nothing's le- nothing lives forever. Nothing. Right. You know, something I did notice. Um, I watched the pay per views um, against all odds was Friday night. Uh, yeah, yeah, I watched and it. And one thing I did, I I did top to bottom. I'm sure we'll get into that when we talk to our special guest this week. Uh, but something I did notice in the main event, it was Josh Alexander taking on. Oh crap! Well, oh, I forgot his name now. Um, oh, you talking about from uh, 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 EY's boy there? Yeah. Um, gosh, you made me draw a blank. <sighs> Joe. Yeah, Doring. Doring. Joe Doring. Big Joe Doring. See, that's why he works so well. I'm like, if I, I forget something, you say the first name, and bam, it comes back to me. Um, anyways, no, I was not, it wasn't that match. That was a great match, first and foremost, but it was the uh, last man standing match between uh, Sammy and uh, Moose. Yes, I remember that. Okay. little tease behind the curtain. But anyways, what I was wanted to talk about is a referee question because I didn't really understand it. So referee of the match, was it was the last man standing match. We saw Steve Macklin make an appearance you know, hooded up, all that stuff. You couldn't see his face. And the referee was basically like trying to like not see it. Well, it's a yes. last man standing match. What, why would you want to like try to not to see it? Is it just a slip up or is it just kind of like, okay, well, who, what's going on? I, I don't know. I saw it too. And uh, I, I don't know why. Um, what I will say is, first of all, he was, with the talent, with his back turned way too long. And he became, in my opinion, an idiot. So you can't hear, you can't see, you can't smell. You can, I mean, it's like he lost all of his senses. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't matter. It did. And then in that situation, to me, being blind for a moment as he enters the ring is fine. That's fine. Because why would you not stop him from getting in the ring? So that part made sense. But to stay with him for that long was just – not well done. Um, I think what should have happened, um, looking back at it, he should have let Macklin get in the ring, noticed him because he heard all the noise, heard all the action going on, turned around, got on him, and should have admonished him. And what would have happened then is uh, Macklin could have scared him out of the ring, which makes the guy look more like a lunatic. Um, so I didn't, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm surprised you paying attention to referees like that. I'm rubbing off on you on them. Well, it's just those little things. Well, that too, but okay. it's just those little things. It's those little things. And it, it's even, it's even gotten to the point too, when I'm watching old, uh, WWF stuff, I'm watching, was it summer slams and Gavin comes and he's like, who's that guy? I'm like, Oh, he's talking about your dad. No. He's like, that looks like Brian. 
Ugh. I said, no, that's Brian's dad. Oh, okay. So he sits down and watch. I forgot what match it was. It might've been, oh crap. I can't remember what match it was now. Man, whatever. But anyways, no, it's just those little things that you notice. And it's just like, okay. And, and I love that they're putting Macklin in that, in the end the, to that discussion with, with Moose and with uh, Sammy. And I even, I sent even, I sent Macklin a message. Hey, bud, I, cause I've had him on before. And I talked to him when uh, we were at rebellion, but I said, but I can't wait to see this program that you're going to be having with, with Sammy, because it's only gonna, it's only like you're going to propel both of them really. No, no, it is. I mean, you know, it was great. It was great. And that referee spot, like you said, I mean, it was kind of silly. I mean, it was silly to be not being able to see all that. I mean, it really was, I, I, you know, there, what does it matter? Um, the, the thing was, even if it wasn't a regular match, he was with them forever. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, common sense. I mean, if it was me, I literally would have felt something like that and just said, you know what, screw this. I'm going to turn around and I'm just going to just act naturally. And I feel like, you know, that's what probably should have happened or either that should have been worked out. I, I, I don't know which, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I'm obviously I wasn't there. Yeah. This is just something that's obviously, you know, and, and believe it or not, folks, Brian has made mistakes in the ring and before, so don't feel like it's not possible, but it, it, could it have just been like a slip up you think, or is it just something that, you know, he's like, Oh shit, I shouldn't have done it that long or. No, I think I, to me, it looked like he was just instructed. That's what he does. You know I mean, that's what you do to me. It yeah. looked like that. Yeah. I don't know that to be truth. I, I, I have no idea. Like I said, I yeah. wasn't there. And by the way, what, what mistakes have I ever made? I'm sure I could find video about it somehow. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just well, kidding. Well, I'm let's, kidding. let's see. I think we can go back to the uh, Jeff Jarrett or Kurt Angle. Ep- no, it was the Jeff Jarrett episode where you, uh, what the heck was it? Well, I have to go back and listen to the Jeff Jarrett episode because I'm thinking there was something there in that cage match that we we uh, went over. No, it was Jericho. Was it Jericho? We haven't done Jericho. No, I know, but it was the Jericho where I screwed up. It was where he told me he was going to grab the belt, and he grabbed the belt. Oh, and, okay. And I didn't take the belt from him, and I was supposed to take the belt from him. He was like, grab it, you stupid motherfucker. And I'm like, this ain't a fucking belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, um, yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, that was, that was, that, that might be a podcast later, but yeah, that was, uh, so that was Jericho. I don't, I don't think I heard that one. Yeah. Um, which one are you talking about with Jeff, Jared? The TNA match, <clears throat> excuse me, the TNA match with him and Kurt in the cage when you kicked out Karen at the beginning and she still came back. Oh, well, that was, that was just, that was just you fuckers trying to read in too much to that. Oh, That's what that was. That wasn't me fucking up. I kicked her out and she came back for the story later. I didn't no, write I, I, I don't think it was that. It was something else during the match, though. That was the match that I was referring to. I don't know. That, we, I don't know. She got involved or something, right? I don't know. We'll, ha- we'll have to go. We'll have to go back and listen to that episode to figure out what the heck I'm talking about. Because I knew there was something in that match. But anyways, are we fucking confused today or what? Dude, I have no idea, man. I seriously, it's it's got to be the holiday. It's throwing me all off. Work's throwing me off. Everything's throwing me off today. But we'll be all right. Whatever. We'll be all right because we'll we got through. a special guest. Oh, that that's all that matters. But before we get to that, I wanted to bring up. Uh, you know, we briefly spoke about this before we hit the record button, and uh, I actually went to wrestlinginc.com and good buddy of the show, Dominic D'Angelo, uh, ended up writing this article about um, is Tony Khan open to an AEW versus WWE sh- super show? 
Uh, and he, he being Tony Khan basically said, I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I would be open to talking about that kind of thing. He said on the ringers, the masked man show, it's not a cre- it's not crazy, but it's a bold prediction. And I, this, and this came out, I believe it was today. Yeah. Today as we're recording. Yeah. So July 5th, they came out. So go over, give a shout out to uh, Dominic D'Angelo, good guy, a uh, friend of the show. Um, but what do you think about that? Obviously we've seen a lot of the new Japan and AEW. We've seen AEW and impact. We've seen impact and in, in new Japan, ROH, all that good stuff. MLW coming up soon, but we've always been, you know, uh, our brain has been like trained to say, okay, AEW's on one side, WWE's on the other. Now that you're thinking about, okay, we're going to bring them together? Um, hmm. How can I politely say this up? That's a fucking crazy idea. Right. Like, crazy in a good way. Like, it's a crazy idea. But this is never going to happen. This is not New Japan. This is the WWE. Right. This is this is looking at it like there's no way that Vince McMahon or whoever is going to say, yeah, we're going to team up with our competitor, even though people think sometimes they aren't. And we're going to have a super show. How would they work that out? First of all, financially, who gets a cut? Yeah, it would be interesting. I, I guess you could even go as far as, OK, what you know, what kind of superstars would be on on the show? But I just think they're two totally different products. Well, I mean, what talent goes over? Like, how, okay, could you imagine the battle in the, in the, in the board meeting and that? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I want uh, Darby Allen to go over on, um, shit, I don't know, uh, Randy Orton. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. That would be, that, that would be the main problem. Not only that, the financial issues, um, I, it would never happen. Never, never. Well, it has and to I be a lot... Well, I know you never say never in wrestling. I'm sorry to me to cut you off. I know you never say never in wrestling, but I'm just saying, I'm going to put it out there and say, this will never happen. Never. Well, well, and I think there would be just be a lot of give and take because if they really want it to happen, it'll, it'll happen, but I don't think it needs to happen. There's a difference between, as you know, you got kids, I got kids. I tell him this all the time. There's a difference between needing something and wanting something. Yeah, we very well may need it, but do we really want it? And can it actually happen? And I think I'm along the same lines as you, Brian, where I just don't think it's it's feasible because money-wise, talent-wise, all that stuff, where is it going to be held? Because well, who knows? There's some cities that are you know WWE strong. There's some that are AEW strong. Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think that no matter where they put it, if they did something like this, would obviously sell out. I don't give a shit where they put it. Yeah. I know it would. Um, because of just uh, this, 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 this nostalgia, uh, nostalgia about it. That's not even a word, sorry. Nostalgia. nostalgia. Yes, just say it with me. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, but the thing is, who does this benefit? Who would this benefit? Like, yeah. what company benefits most from this? Obviously, it would be AEW who's getting right. a, a rub off the bigger company, which is WWE. I mean, so listen, and I'll tell you straight up and uh, it, it is what it is. 
when you grow up as an aspiring wrestler or an aspiring referee, where do you want to go? WWE. And why? The biggest reason. Mo- big, honestly, most mo- the more eyes are on the product. You get the more you're worldwide at this point. Not only that, but WrestleMania. Well, that too. That means the most to a lot of people. All right. No disrespect to Impact. No disrespect to fucking AEW. No disrespect to uh, anybody else. Um, NWA. Okay. But inspiring wrestlers aren't, that's not their goal. That's not their goal. Um, not yet. And I'm not saying it can't be at some point. But what I'm saying is, that's not their goal right now. Their goal right now is to go to the WWE and go to WrestleMania. Um, and if that's not their goal, then I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what their goal is, but I'm just saying you understand what I mean, correct? Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. And and I think too is that's usually and even if you talk to guys that are in AEW now too, it's like that's the stuff that they grew up on. Just well, like yeah. every you know, what I mean? and it, granted, because that's a lot of the times too, with a lot of these guys that are not there now, that's all they knew. Cause that's yeah. all that was on, unless you go all the way back to you know, watching WCW or something, but a lot of those guys are and gals even, <clears throat> excuse me, are, are 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 too young to remember WCW because they weren't born yet, <laughs> potentially. Right, right. No, I mean, I mean, all that's true, but I'm just saying AEW is a great place to work, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Impact's a wonderful place to work. I can assure you of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, NWA is another great place to work. But I mean, I'm just saying they that all three are on a smaller scale than WWE. I don't care what people want to say. I'm sure that they're gonna, I'll, I'll probably get beat up over this. And that's fine. Beat me up, Scotty. Um, the thing is, the, it, there's no one yet on that level. There's not when it comes to licensing fees, overseas deals, all this stuff. WWE is a machine. I mean, it, it's just a simple truth. Right. Um, AEW is a great alternative, a great alternative. So is Impact Wrestling. Uh, so is NWA. Um, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is. And it's going to be that way until something crazy happens, like the uh, Monday Night War kind of thing. Yeah. And it, like I said, it's just like you got to compare apples to apples with all this stuff. And sometimes, especially in wrestling, it's apples to oranges most of the time, anyways. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that isn't comparing apples to oranges because, well, this wonderful person, you know her personally, Miss Gail Kim, will be talking about her in the second count. Gail Kim began her wrestling career on the Canadian American independent circuit before joining the WWE in 2002, Brian. Um, she became the first diva in history to win the championship in her debut on Raw a match that I was actually physically there for. Uh, I know we talked about that briefly when she was on last time uh, with your announcement show there, but that was in Buffalo, New York. Uh, She ended up, uh, it was a battle Royal where she last eliminated uh, uh, Victoria, AKA Tara that she was in TNA there. Um, But she hit the ground running and it just, it it was great to see her really hit the ground running. Like I said, and make it a big splash in the wrestling business. Yeah. Um, I didn't, excuse me, I'm sorry. Good Lord. Um, but no, I, I didn't actually realize that. That's a mm-hmm. very, very, very fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, as a matter of fact. But I think that uh, WWE realized that they got a pot of gold 
when they signed her. And I think that they wanted to make sure that they put her at the top right away because back when she started in WWE, there wasn't much of a wrestling division for women. Right. And, and that, 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 that they, they figured out, all right, well, this girl can, can, can make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she only lasted her first run there in WWE. She only lasted two years. She was released in 2004 then ending up joining TNA in September of 05, where she ended up joining the America's Most Wanted as their valet. Uh, interesting. I mean, that's something we can ask her when she comes on with us in a little bit. But uh, interesting way of getting into TNA with America's Most Wanted. It's not something that you would think, hey, America's Most Wanted and Gail Kim, hindsight being what it is now. Well, the thing is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Here's the thing. I, I think it was kind of, in my opinion, brilliant of TNA to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Because you have to remember, they were on a much smaller scale as far as who was watching as opposed to WWE. Sure. So probably a lot of people, when she got to TNA, for the TNA fans and, and, and their hardcore audience, probably might not have known exactly who she was at that point or knew very little bit about her. So this was a great way to bring her in and introduce her to, to, to the TNA audience. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, of course, obviously, as we know, she ends up kicking ass and showing who she really is. And that, so I, I, I did not have a problem with that at all. I thought it was actually really ingenious that uh, that's the way they did it. Yeah, because it's shortly after that, after this whole alignment with her and America's Most Wanted kind of dissolved a little bit, she went on the, a singles run there and uh, became the inaugural TNA Knockouts champion in October of 2007. That's something that... You really can ha- hang your hat on because the knockouts division now, I would put it up against any other right women's division currently. Because if you look at well, it top to bottom, it, where's the weak point? Well, I, I, I'm not going to touch into this much right now because I know Gail is. Yeah. And, um, but, but I'll say this um, what does that say about somebody when it goes to WWE, their inaugural match wins a title? Mm-hmm. Goes to TNA and wins their inaugural title. You know what I mean? Like, and I know it wasn't WWE's inaugural title, but I'm saying her her, her first debut, match, her debut on TV, right? And and wins the title, and then goes to TNA and wins the first time the title's ever been introduced. The mm-hmm. girl is talented, super talented, and everywhere she went, everybody knew that, and 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 that's why she's always been at the top. She's just amazing, amazing. Well, and, and also, too, it all goes back to how how she was trained, too, because she was trained by one of the I, I, I'll say because it's partial. I'm partial to this guy. But Ron Hutchinson School of Pro Wrestling in Toronto. Guy that has really produced a lot, not even just women's wrestlers, but wrestlers in general, because you can have likes of like Test, Albert, Edge, Christian, um, tr- uh, Gail Jer- included, Jericho. Yeah. So it's just, you know what you're going to get when you get somebody coming out of his school and Gail just personify that and, and then some. No, she did. Um, she really did. She, um, she gets it, man. And she always has. And it, it, it's probably through the training, obviously. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where it all starts. Um, the thing with Gail that, that I've always noticed is that she is very detailed, very detailed. And she is a, um, a feisty one too. Um, very feisty. 
and we're going to probably dive into that in uh, count three. But uh, yes, she's a um, angry Asian when she, uh, <laughs> when she gets fired up and I've seen it in the ring with, with me refereeing. And uh, yeah. it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. that, that right. That's called passion. That's called passion. And I wish people had yeah. more of that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I just want to get to the third count. I swear. And then, and then, but we'll, we'll get there eventually, Brian. We'll get there. Just take another swig of your beer. We'll be good. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. No, it's good. I am too. Maybe we'll get there a little bit early, but no, I wanted to touch on this before we brought it around too. the concept of having the, for originally have women referees for the knockouts matches. Was that something that it was kind of like they talked to you guys about? Or was that just something that, hey, we're doing this? Um, no, it, it was. It was something that we thought could be something new and something that was going to be beneficial to the product. Um, yeah. Taryn, Taryn Terrell, uh, something that happened to her during her career where she you know, couldn't work. And mm -hmm. I, I believe it was concussed or something like that. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe mm -hmm. Gail can touch on that. Uh, but we tried to groom her, which she, me and my dad actually got into the ring and trained with her and things like that. And uh, she was doing really well. I don't exactly know where it fell out. I think it was because that they wanted her on TV because she's, you know, just, she's super hot. And, uh, mm. you know, they, it's <laughs> tough to, tough to uh, watch matches when you have that running around too. So, uh, but, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a concept that we would have, we did first, we did first. Mm. Um, and, 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 and to be honest with you, get behind the curtains. This is something that me and Gail are still at this day, even though I'm not with impact are still working on now to uh, have an impact. Um, like Aubrey Edwards is in WWE. I'm sorry, AEW, um, you know, say what you want, you know, whatever, but you know, there's a place for women in refereeing. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we have a girl that we we've been using a little bit. I don't know if anybody's seen her or whatever. Uh, but uh, she's, she's very good. I think she just has some work to do. And I think that there's women in the fold. I'm not saying it's her, but I'm just saying there's women in the fold and me and Gail are working on this actually together. Um, and I'm very proud that she's still able to call and talk to me about things like that to, to help the company. Cause I'm going to always be here to help impact wrestling as much as possible. But, um, but no, um, Gail's really into the, really into the women movement, which she should be. And I understand it. And I, I accept it. I'm not upset about it because I do think there's a place for women and refereeing, but yes, we did try it. And, uh, you know, of course we used it with one of the, in my opinion, the hotter chicks in the world, uh, which was really tough for, uh, to, to follow a match. I, I don't even know if I even watched a match when she was watching, when she was refereeing except her. So I, you know, I can only imagine some other pigs out there like me. So well, but you also have, you were talking about Aubrey Edwards there too. You got Jessica Carr up in WWE too. She's strictly there to, uh, on uh, SmackDown. And then there's another, I forgot, I, forgive me. I don't know her name, but she, there's one on NXT as well. There's a, a one that's fairly well, that does very well on T or, uh, NXT too. Well, you know, it's uh, funny. Uh, this is, this is uh, really funny. So Aubrey Edwards used to, uh, I used to, actually work with her out in Portland, Oregon. I had a little deal out there that I signed with WCWC um, and used to go there once a month. And we would do TV tapings, four weeks worth of TV tapings, by the way, four weeks in two oh, days. Geez. Yeah. Uh, but they were only hour shows. So it wasn't too, too, too bad. 
but the flights and all that crap. But anyway, anyway, none of that matters. My point being is that uh, she used to run the indie scene and her name was Girl Hebner. G-I-R-L Hebner. Now I don't remember her. Yeah. I knew it sounded familiar. Okay. Fine, yes. I'm sorry. So her name was Girl Hebner. And uh, I actually helped work with her out in Portland and trained her a little bit. And then Jessica in WWE never trained her, never talked to her about refereeing, none of that stuff. But she was like, uh, she was in uh, TNA at the time as an enhancement talent okay. and was, was, was a worker. Yeah. And so I actually got to know her, ref some of her matches and stuff. And, and you know what? That, her story is awesome. And what a good referee she is. Uh, I really put her over and think she's a, a hard freaking worker. She works hard on her body to, you know, to look good and all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate that stuff. And she's just a really, really hard worker that has a passion that some people just don't have. And, and mm-hmm. you can't teach passion. So anyway, just a couple backstories on two of the referees that are women that are out in that WWE and AEW feds. Yeah, she's one great worker. If you watch her on SmackDown, you can just you can just tell that she loves the business. She loves to work and all that stuff. But you know what, Brian? I think it's about that time. We'll, we'll bring another person that loves to work in the business up next in count three, Ms. Gail Kim. Let's go. She is back and she is better than ever for returning second time. Ms. Gail Kim. Gail, thanks for coming on again with us. Of course. It's been so long, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like you haven't seen Brian in like what? couple two you know what i gotta do my i gotta do my little check-in with brian since he's retired now (laughs) oh you're so sweet and this is the second time you've showed up my (laughs) lord what a gifted guy i am i'm always here for you buddy i know you are but yeah it it was great to see we talked about the uh the pay-per-view from this past week and against all odds just another banger of a pay-per-view gal i have to really give you and everybody at impact a lot of credit because it's outdoing each and every pay-per-view that, that I'm watching. I um, mean, honestly, I, you got to give it to the crew. I mean, I, it is a definite collaborative effort between, you know, the behind the scenes production crew. We had some challenges that I won't talk about now, but they made it like miraculously. And I feel like 2022 is just like impacts pay-per-view year. We are just, they're just knocking it out of the park every single month. It's, it's insane. Uh, the talent, uh, they're bringing it. They're bringing their A game every single time. Well, you know, um, Gail, you know, this is, obviously this is not something that I'm used to yet. But uh, yeah. my first week out and watching the pay-per-view, I, I, I will say I was – I don't even know how to say it. Like um, I was like a little jealous, but yeah. Yeah. But like a good jealous, like yeah. I can't believe this is so fucking good, and I'm not fucking part of this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. and, it, and it's props to you guys to make me feel that way, as opposed to I'm glad I ain't part of this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, no, you're right. That is a good point, right? And, yeah, I mean, and, and that's how I felt. I, I mean, I really do. I think that's that's the, the right word I'm using. Was like I was like a little jealous. Yeah. And uh, I thought we'll just the, call it FOMO. We'll call it FOMO. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, so like, you know, just 
I'm just so happy, man, for you guys. Like, and I, I really am. And I'm, I, I'm never bitter at all. And I, and I know, you know, this cause me and you've talked and all that kind of thing, but it's just important for me to know because you know, that, you know, impact put this tweet out today. That was such a sweet thing to do. And, yeah. and I know this isn't about me. I just was bringing some up to you because I'm actually trying to put you over with my finish here, but um, it's just such a great company to work for. And I couldn't have retired from a better place because this was actually my plan. Um, just a little sooner than I thought, but, um, I just want to say like, it's, it's, it's people like you, it's people like D'Lo, it's people like Saban, it's people like, uh, Storm, it's people like Scott Demore. Um, I don't want to forget anybody. If I am, tell me, um, there's a whole crew of people really, right? No, I know. Yeah. But there's a bunch of people that I'm forgetting. I know, but as far as just what you guys are doing back there to put this thing together and it's it's mind boggling and working with you guys is like amazing because people don't understand what goes into this thing to make this pay-per-view what it was. And it was, or every one of them. So yeah. hats off. I was jealous. Um, <laughs> sorry. Don't be jealous. So, we appreciate everything that you've ever done for us, you know? And um, I think what it is, is like, it's almost like impact has always been the underdog and we, you know, anyone that's in pro wrestling, you're in it because you're so passionate. I mean, that's an undeniable thing, whether you're a fan, whether you're actually a wrestler or whether you're the production or whatever it is, you love wrestling, you know, and to be part of an underdog company in a sense, um, it just brings you all together so much um, cohesively, you know, you're fighting for the same thing. And not just that, I think, you know, Impact does a really good job of like, you know, I mentioned this before where we hire people and you don't sit on the sidelines, you know, so everyone feels important and everyone feels like they're contributing in some way. So I think, um, you know, just being that underdog, like I said, and fighting for what you want, it's, uh, oh, sorry. I just had a call come in, so I don't know if it cut off. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, you just want to fight harder, you know, like when I'm at work, I am intense. Like I go from morning to night, everyone thinks I'm so serious, but I don't even notice I'm so serious because I'm just in the zone. You know, I just want to get the job done to the best of my ability. So, so on, on, on that note, Gail, and you're yeah. going to, you're going to really appreciate this because we've talked about this before. Uh, RJ, what did I say about her and her angry? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I can actually. I, I can put like reverse it, and I can make like a soundbite out of it if you want. But I, I. I can. I can say it. I just don't want to get yelled at. Yeah. No. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> no. He, he said. Well, what did you say? Asian angry or? <laughs> no, I said she gets in her mode where she's Gale, and then she becomes <laughs> Asian angry, angry Gale. <laughs> Asian <laughs> angry. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a like an alter ego kind of thing, right, Brian? Um, I will I'll definitely talk, say. I, I, I'll tell you, for example, one of the new guys, not new, but re- more recent talent that came aboard was one of the Ring of Honor guys, Vincent. And um, he came up to me one night after work because once I'm done work, I relax. I have a drink after, you know, I hang out with the girls for a little bit and the guys. And I remember we were there in the hotel lobby after and he's like, oh, I always want to say hi to you, but you look so and I go serious because I know how people perceive me, but I don't know I'm doing it because I'm just in the zone and I don't know um, my resting bitch face, we'll call it. 
or I'll call it my rest, my resting boss face. I'll call it that instead, right? Um, so I don't even know what I'm doing. It. And I said, "Hey, just come up to me and say, hey, Gail," and I snap out of it. Like I, I turn, you know, I, I realize I'm talking to someone and not in that wrestling mind. And um, I listen. I just take my job really seriously, and I'm very focused, and I, I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to work. So. Uh, that's why I don't party all night. Like some people, you know, some people like to hang out on that. I'm like, I'm on a schedule. I need to sleep seven hours. I need to wake up in the morning and work out and get my mind, you know, and the day started correctly for the right level of energy, because it takes a lot out of you to be intense all day. So I, I have to say this, um, Gail, and I, I, I don't disrespect you for this at all, but I know you're talking about, um, <laughs> I like to party all night. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I never named you. <laughs> I know, but I, I get it. It's okay. I get it. No, no, no. It's good. But I will say this. I have to tell this story because it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's Gail. And <laughs> it's really important that people understand this because we like to dig deep on my show. Yeah. So Gail was in one of those moods one day. Oh, God, I would love to hear this now. <laughs> I wrote with her that morning because yeah. me and her were rider rider rap partners and uh, i rode with her that day and she was she was fine in the morning she was fine <laughs> and all of a sudden like literally after the meeting which we had which started at noon at one o'clock i did not talk to her ass for like hours hours okay and i ran into her outside i don't know if she was just blown off smoke or what i don't know yeah. And I walked up to her and I said, Gail, are you all right? And she had the most serious face. And then she turns around and smiles at me with this fake-ass smile. Because I know she didn't mean it. It's not fake. It's not fake. <laughs> and she says, oh, my God, listen to this shit. So I'm not going to go into all that because that's that's, yeah. that's way too deep. But yeah. <laughs> and, and not even worth putting out there because it's, it's uh, our business. But anyway, she had a rough day. She had a really, really rough day. And... Literally, she says, is there any possibility you can referee this fucking match? Because I'm telling you right now, I don't know what the fuck you do. And it was what was so great about it was that Gail did her normal. I'll flip the switch on somebody that comes to me. Oh, wait a minute now. This is Brian. Fuck it. I'm going to be fucking mad. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. And Gail's. Gail is very intense. Uh, I would say Gail is, I, I'm being honest with you. I, I, I know a lot of women and Gail's probably the most intense woman I've ever met in my life. I don't know how Robert is able to. to because to, to, he's to. intense too. And you got to remember, you know, I feel like most, you know, I always tell this story about how most women wrestlers, they're very independent and strong, you know, majority of them. It's like one of those women that if you're on a plane with and you offer to help put their bag up on the overhead, they'd be like, no, I got it. I'm independent and strong. You know, they wouldn't say those words, but that's how they act. Right. And so right. my whole young life, I always thought I wanted to be the man in the relationship. I honestly remember telling my mom, I want to be the breadwinner. I want to run the relationship. And my mom said, no, you don't. And I said, oh, yes, I do. And then, you know, you go through relationships where you are kind of, and I, what I always did wear the pants and I was like, man, I kind of don't like this because these people are bums or whatever the <laughs> reason would be and never works out. 
And then I met Robert and I remember when I first walked on set, cause we met when I was working for WWE and he did a show called dinner impossible with us. And he yelled as soon as I went on set and I was like, Oh my God, he's so forceful, you know? And I was a little taken aback, but then as I watched him in his role, I was like, wow, this guy's really in charge. Like that was the number one reason why I was attracted to him. I was like, wow. I never realized this alpha man, you know, I, I really was attracted to that. And as I got to know him, you know, this, this man who is so alpha and very strong, he supported my independence at the same time. And I was like, wow, okay, you know what? I did want a strong man, just like he wanted a strong woman. Like it's, you, sometimes you don't know what you want and like you think you have this perception of who you are and what you are um so you know I couldn't have asked for someone he's intense he's very strong he's my rock just like I am for him you know we both don't take shit to be honest uh the times that maybe I feel a little weak he just props me up like no fuck that you know yeah <laughs> yeah and oh. I love it I understand how things work. Okay, so let's 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 kayfabe. So in other words, he's scared of you and he makes you this like scrumptious dinner and that's his apology. <laughs> no, I cook <laughs> all the time. He never cooks. <laughs> and um I think every man should be a tiny bit afraid of their wife or significant other in some way, a tiny bit, not a lot, not where it's like controlling. It's almost like this fear of you shouldn't disrespect them you know what i mean so would you say it's like this like so he's out cooking and doing all this stuff all the time and it's like when we get home the last yeah. thing we want to talk about is wrestling the last thing he wants to do is probably fucking cook yes exactly <laughs> right he just wants to relax yeah he doesn't even really want me to cook because he's just like let's just because we're never home really and so he just wants to make it simple and he's like let's go eat out but I just like to know when I'm home by myself, like right now, I cook all my meals because I, I just like to know what's going into my food. And we eat enough on the road and you don't really know what's going into all that food, to be honest. Right. Um, so when I get a chance to cook at home, I'm going to do it. And I, I just cook so my wife doesn't yell at me, to be honest. With you. <laughs> That's good. See, there you go. You have a little bit of fear. <laughs> oh, I, I cook tonight. Well, we, we, we'll be, let's see, October, we'll be married 13, 13 years. Oh, wow. So awesome. it's just, yeah, we'll be, what, thir yeah, 13 in September, or excuse me, 13 in October, Mary will be together. Oh, next year will be 20 years. We'll be together. Oh, wow. Year, you so. took seven years to propose? Well, we were in college. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. You, no. you actually did the right thing and waited. So that's all good. right. Well, well, I'm, I'm glad both y'all are honky dory. That's great. Okay. <laughs> I cook for myself because nobody can fucking cook for me. So what um, do you I'm, cook, Brian? What are you good at? Uh, you would believe really? it. I make, I make a mean, 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 my kids like die for it as um, I, I cook a good meatloaf. Oh, good. I do. Okay. I cook a good loaf and I'm a master on the grill. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I do a baked chicken that they really like. It's a teriyaki baked chicken. Oh, nice. And then I also do a, a teriyaki um, crock pot chicken that uh, you cook for about four or five hours in the crock pot wow. with a shit ton of teriyaki. And okay, I do I'm all coming over rice. for dinner. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Bring Robert. Robert. All right. 
<laughs> he would just yeah. do that just to ride your ass, though. I know he would. Your dishes are dirty. <laughs> your food is nasty. Has no flavor. <laughs> he might tell you you need salt. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So we'll uh, we'll get back to you guys. Could do a podcast together. Just do food food time. I know, right? <laughs> we could. We could. Uh, so I want to get. In, in, into the into the women's movement that you got going with uh, with the knockouts division here yeah I, I mentioned to brian before you came on too is i will i would put this roster up against pretty much any other women's roster out there now it's just from top to bottom is so much talent yeah is that something that when you came on board behind the scenes as a producer is that something that you basically said okay this is what i'm going to do I'm going to go out and grab anybody I want. No, I mean, I ultimately, I don't know if I'm, listen, ultimately there's only one or one or two people probably that have hiring power. I, I can, I have a voice within mm-hmm. the management. Um, I don't pull the trigger on that. I know who I like and who has potential and, you know, say someone gets released or whatever it may be, you know, I guess the most current, uh, most recent one was Mia Yim, right? Well, I had the chance to actually be in the ring with her. And, you know, when you know people and their passion and what they're capable of, and I kind of, you know, just like a Deanna Perrazzo, Mia Yim, all these people who went to WWE and sat on the sidelines, you know, for a lot of years. And uh, I experienced that. So I really understood, or I could really relate to how they felt or how, you know, even when you come out of that company, if you've been sitting on the sidelines for a couple of years, your confidence is at an all time low. You know, you, you, you doubt yourself. You can walk into that company, the most confident person. And when you walk out, I mean, literally when I got fired the first time I had, I almost quit wrestling. My passion was entirely killed. And I was like, my dream come true was not my dream come true. And it really took, you know, taking that time off Uh, when I got released, I remember, and this was in 2004, I think, or five, I can't remember. um, I almost took a year off. I took maybe two or three bookings. I think maybe two international ones. And um yeah, I, I almost went to go do stunt work and I did a couple of jobs there and I really didn't find the passion and the satisfaction. And then when I my last booking I took during that year was in Australia with Jeff Jarrett and the TNA crew. And that was before right before they signed on with Spike. So they had no women's division. And luckily, you know, Jeff saw something in me and Scott was on that tour, I believe, or Scott had called me because him and I had worked on the Indies together for so long from the very beginning. And he's like, I know you quit wrestling, but um, you know, Jeff really saw something in you and we'd like to have a women's division. And, uh, you know, I said, okay, well, let me come down to universal. And I've told the story many times, but I walked on to the universal set just to see what it would be like. I just kind of was feeling it out again. And I saw everyone that I worked on the Indies with, you know, everyone from Terry Taylor, Scott Demore, Petey Williams, Eric Young, Rob, uh, Bobby Roode, all these people that I, pretty much started in the business with so seeing all those faces just re and tracy brooks of course um just reinvigorated my passion so like instantaneously it was a very overwhelming that flood of passion that just came back 
And so I said, okay, if you guys are starting a women's division, that's ultimately, you know, what I wanted to hear. And it took a year and a half after that, but finally happened. You know, it took a lot of begging and fighting for it, but um, listen, it was all worth it in the end. Uh, when Kong got inducted to the Hall of Fame last year, her and Tracy were there that day and they both hadn't been around that in the company for, <clears throat> I would say, a good eight years or more. And they both separately were like in tears to see all the women the amount of women, the diversity of the women standing on that stage, because I was like, oh, maybe all the women can come out and stand behind Kong. So we did a little dress rehearsal during the day. And that's when all the girls came out. And that's when Kong and Tracy saw them standing there, literally in tears in their eyes, both of them separately, conversa separate conversations with me. And they said the exact same thing. They're like, oh, my God, I just can't believe how far this knockouts division has come. And they were just so happy and emotional about it. You know, it sounds so cheesy, but it's absolutely just, I guess, because we knew what kind of a challenge we were up against back then. And yeah, the literal begging, you know, to wrestle. Uh, I'm not ashamed of it now at all. It was, it was, all, it was all worth it. Well, you know what? You know, what's funny, um, Gail, your, 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 your story is a lot like mine. Um, both, both being released from WWE. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like you. I completely lost my passion because like yeah. you said, I was at my, my dream. Yeah. I took down college to be where I was at. Yeah. Um, and I literally stopped watching wrestling altogether and just said, fuck this shit. I yeah. can't it. And TNA was the one that relit my fire. And it was, yeah. and, um, yeah. and I just remember my dad saying that uh, Jeff Jarrett saw me on the sidelines. Was like, "Why the fuck is he on the sideline?" Yeah, he's like, exactly. he doesn't, he doesn't want it anymore. And he's like, "Yes, he does." And I was like, you know, because my dad would call me, and I was just like, "Dad, I just, I, I just don't know if it's the same way like I can be," you know. Yeah. And and I literally, they flew me in a day early, no pay, no pay. Now think yeah. about this. Because I offered to do it with no pay. I said, as long yeah. as you pay for my ticket, I'll steal my dad and I'll check this shit out. Yeah. And I immediately that weekend fell in love with TNA and the yeah. people around it. Because like you said, there were so many people that I worked with previously. Yeah. Um, and it just, it relit my fire. And it's, it's, it's crazy how that shit works. And I can't believe that the way you said it was exactly the way it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. And but, it's... But, um. <laughs> It's ahead, cool to see because you're in an environment where majority of the people are happy. You know, it really is in terms of how that environment is within the company. Um, I, I remember telling people, you know, being in TNA for, you know, a couple of years in and people will come being released from other companies and well, one particular company, but they'd be like, you know, they would act the way that they were supposed to act there, you know, like get into your workout gear and stay by the ring and go roll around, even if you didn't have to. And just that whole eggshells mentality. And I would literally just calm them down instantaneously by, Hey, you can be yourself here. You yeah. can relax, you know, it's normal. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, they, you know, people just don't even know how to act at that point. They're like, Oh yeah. It's, um, 
RJ, I, I know you're ready to pop in. I just want to ask her one more thing. Not no, one more thing. Good. Something now. Yeah. Uh, so, so Gail, so looking back at my notes and my history on you and all that stuff. Yeah. I want to know how you feel. And I know you're, I know you're very modest. I know you are. And you sometimes are too modest and it pisses me off. But yeah. so how in the world did you feel you do get to your dream? Yeah. And you make a debut and you win a title. Yeah. You do continue your dream because you got relit. The fire got relit. Yeah. And you win the inaugural TNA title. Yeah. In the women's division, which they never had before. And then basically made it what it was. Like, so I want to know, seriously. I mean, this is like, I'm not acting like your friend right now. I'm, I'm asking you a question. Like, I mean, how do you feel? How can you not be proud of that? Like, what? what do I'm you so proud, proud of that. I am so proud of that, Brian. I really, really am. I think when you're going through it, though, you're just, it's a constant. And I felt, I still feel this to this day. Even I, it's never been, I've never been on cruise control. I've always felt like I have to prove myself every single time, whether I was wrestling in that ring or whether I, even when I had after those matches with Kong, I still felt like I had to top the last one. I still felt like I had to prove myself in every single match that I wanted to be the best. Um, even producing, you know, it's like trying to produce my, uh, you know, trying to be the best all over again, you know, and re and learning a new job. Uh, yes, it's wrestling, but it's a whole new position. But in that ring, it just never felt like I ever, I was always fighting. I don't, I always felt like I was battling for something. And I don't know, maybe there are times when, you know, the company never even, they were just like loving my performances, but I put that challenge upon myself. You know, I always wanted to have the best match on the show, whether it was pay-per-view or anything, to be honest, live events, TV. I put that pressure on myself um, to always be the best. Listen, because I, you know, Every wrestler, whether they seem the most confident, they, we all have insecurities, you know, and I knew my whole career, I was like, I'm not a great promo person. And that's how I felt. I got better with time near the end of my career where I was just more comfortable uh, at certain moments. But I knew that my skill in this business was in the ring as a wrestler. So I always knew I had to deliver in that ring to keep the fans entertained, to keep them uh, connected to me. Um, so I really put a lot of time and effort into studying matches and psychology and telling those stories and connecting. Cause I knew that's what I would only be. That's what I felt like I was going to leave behind in the business. I wanted fans to remember me as being one of the best female wrestlers ever. And that's the pressure I put on myself, to be honest. Yeah, but excuse me. I also, it also shows how passionate you are about wrestling in general, just not the women's division, but just wrestling in general, especially with impact. And I yeah. think that's what sets you apart. And I know I've mentioned this to you before, Gail and Brian knows is I think that's what sets apart impact from everybody, other promotion in I'll say the world, because it's like it's that family. Brian mentioned that video that was sent out by, uh, impact today yeah it's just like it shows you how passionate everybody in charge everybody in the locker room everybody at home wherever 
fans of impact are so passionate. It's like, it's, it's great to see. I love it. No, you're right. And I I would say, you know, it's always like kind of a different person picking each other up. You know, I'll use Alicia, Alicia Edwards as a great example. You know, Um, she, she is one of those talents backstage that is always thinking about other people. Oh, someone's birthday is coming up. Oh, we need to get a cake. Oh, someone's, you know, this person just went into the hospital. Let's send them flowers. Oh, you know, it's always, there's someone who's always thoughtful and brings everyone together. And it could be a different person every week. It could be the same person. You know, it's just, it's a real great camaraderie. So Gail, I have to say that I really do have to say this. Yeah, we're gonna have a show. We're gonna have a show with her. Yeah, <laughs> and I know she's gonna join. And yeah. Oh my God! If you, I, I know we're overusing you. Probably we should probably start paying <laughs> you. I guess. But like, you have got to be on that because, golly, I, I won't. Me and RJ would just step the fuck out and let y'all just fucking go crazy. <laughs> it, it's gonna be amazing. I wish people uh, knew. I don't think fans realize. Um, what you know, what a character Lish is. She's such a character. Um, she's one of those girls that will, she's got a huge heart and will just call people out at the same time. And I think, you know, even all of us, you know, I would say you, me, and Lish, and there's a couple of other people, we're very kind of direct. We would call people out, you know, we're just got that similar personality. And I think we respect that because I would rather have someone tell me, even if it's negative how they felt about me, then talk behind my back and talk shit. You know, I would rather hear it to my face, what they thought Absolutely. about me. We're, we're going to save her for later, but, um, yeah, <laughs> but, 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 um, but Gail, um, you know, something I want to ask you and also, you know, so, and you were hired at WWE in 2002. Is that correct? I don't have this shit in front of me. Uh, 2002. Yes. yes. And then released in 2004. Yes, two years I had my okay. contract. What, what was what was, and I'm using quotations with my hands. <laughs> what was their reason? Um, so Johnny called me and he was like, "We're gonna let you know, we're gonna release you." And he literally tried to hang up. Literally just said that and tried to hang up right away. It, it could have been a 20 second call, to be honest. But I wow. stopped him and I was like, "Oh wait, 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 wait! Before you hang up, can you tell me why?" And you know it's pretty notorious in terms of how they don't give answers to talent. Normally, if you ask like, what am I doing wrong? Or what do I need to do? Or, you know, whatever it is, they never tell you a straight up answer. And so he, but he did, I mean, and I guess it didn't really turn out to be a lie. He said, we're taking the women's division in a different direction. Now I got fired right after the diva search ended which was um, Christy Hemme, you know, like Amy Weber, Joy, um, who else was yeah. in that? I think Maria was in that one, was she? Yes. I can't remember. Yeah. I think she was, yeah. yeah. And that was so, a dark, wasn't that the dark-haired girl, Joy? Yes, Joy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's a cute little girl, a uh, small little girl. And so that was the very first Diva search. So we didn't know what to expect. I remember, you know, it was a tough enough had already happened, I believe. So it's kind of like, you know, back then it was special to get hired before the deepest surgeon top enough happened. It was, you needed to have experience. You had to be an experienced wrestler. You had to have been going after it. People didn't just get picked off the street and then learn, you know, taught 
to be trained in the performance center or OVW or wherever. So it was a kind of a new experience. And then I remember it was a couple of months after the diva search ended, maybe two months or three months. I can't remember. I think some of the other girls got hired shortly thereafter. And then a bunch of us got fired. And in the girl group at that time, it was me, Jazz, and Nydia who got fired. And so Johnny said, yeah, we're going to kind of, basically what he was trying to say is they're going to stray away from women's wrestling and just, you know, go more of that eye candy, whatever it is, entertainment uh, aspect. And so it did happen. I mean, it's not like that turned out to be a lie. So I guess he did give me an answer (laughs) since I asked. Um, Wow. And then, like I said, it just turned into my passion being killed. So, so wow. Um, so now, now, now look at things circled the way they are. Yeah. Isn't and it crazy? It is. And, and guess what? Just like you and me have always talked about. <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm saying this for me, not you. For me. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them. That's the same company that don't have the fucking Hebners in the WWE Hall of Fame. And I don't mean me. <laughs> Somehow early yeah. day. I oh, mean, give definitely. Me a fucking break. Well, I mean, let's just put it this way. I would say, I mean, is that Hall of Fame? I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, the celebrity part of it just bothers me, but whatever. You know, listen, it's a gimmick. It's a ticket. It is. Draw. Um, You know, a couple of years ago, I remember being in New Orleans for WrestleMania and seeing one of their employees and they're like, oh, I think it's going to be the last Hall of Fame. And I said, oh, really? Why? They said, because there's no one really we can induct that's going to be a draw for tickets. And so, you know, that's when it kind of clicked in with me. Oh, okay. You know, it's always comes down to the almighty dollar. So, Um, but listen, I don't know. I mean, you can, then you can say that about TNA's Hall of Fame, but I feel very honored. You know, I worked my whole career to have the respect of my peers and my fans. So um, I don't know. Everyone perceives it in a different light. You know. Well, I, I'll tell you this, and I'll say this with all honesty: mm-hmm. my my dad is the proudest guy ever. Yeah, to be in that teeny Hall of Fame, he really is. He, he deserves wears, it. He, so he wears deserves that. It. He wears that damn shirt with the patch on it everywhere <laughs> he goes. Well, he deserves to be in all Hall of Fames, to be honest. Well, I, and then I have another question for you. Yeah. Um, so, me and RJ touched on this earlier. Um, so. In your opinion, now my opinion, my opinion was my opinion. I want to see if you're anywhere close to it. And if you're not, that's fine too. So TNA debuted you as a ballet with America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Your thoughts. And Jeff. I was actually managing Jeff too at the beginning. Okay. So, so, so your thoughts, because me and RJ were talking about, and me and him didn't have different opinions. We just yeah. were talking about it. Yeah. I gave my opinion. RJ really didn't give one. He just was asking what he th- thought I thought. About <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here you were in WWE for two years, a world champion, and you're debuting as a, as a, as a, a valet. Yeah. Is, was, was your thought process? What, what was your thought My, process? Cause remember I had that conversation with Scott beforehand and all he said was, we're going to start you off. And you know, they made it sound really good because I mean, Jeff was <laughs> the top guy. Right. So I'm going to manage this little faction. And so I thought I just have to wait a little bit uh, in terms of starting this women's division. They did say we only have an hour show right now. We're going to get more time. Um, But I would say it was about a year and a bit in. And I was literally 
it was very hard because I thought it was going to be easy to just manage. And but it was very hard for me to stand on the sidelines watching the guys do what I loved. So it was very, it was very boring to me in a sense. I was waiting. And, you know, listen, I was very lucky because sometimes managers don't do anything out there, but cheerlead. I was very lucky that majority of the guys were very cool about including me in spots. And so, but it was me waiting for that one spot, you know, it's like that one spot when I knew I had more to give. That was, I mean, that's pretty much why I quit WWE the second time. I, I literally, obviously after, being close to the three-year mark, I knew obviously Vince didn't like me. So in, in my mind, I was going, man, my clock is ticking here. I, I'm not young. I didn't start wrestling young. I have talent to give. I have only a limited amount of time. That's why I was never willing to just get paid and stick around for another contract. You know, I just was like, I'm running out of time. I have to be able to wrestle. I have to show what I can do and take that chance. And, um, you know, it was never, it wasn't, but listen, there, there are many people, especially nowadays, because there's another company around, AEW's around, there's more competition. The pay scale has gone up. I never had a difficult choice. Like for me, I never made a lot of money ever in my career. Okay. So for me to move from place to place based on my passion, that was an easy decision for me. I was never like, oh, we're going to offer you half a million dollars a year to stay. So I never felt like, oh, my God, I could really use that money. The money was always the same. It was shit. Right. So right. Right, 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 for right. me, it was just about what did I want to do? So in that regards, I guess that worked out in my favor. But, you know. You, you should, I, I feel like women should still be paid equally. <laughs> um, that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, like I said, it was always an easy decision for me. Gotcha. RJ, yeah. I know you're ready. I know you are. I got one that I wanted to touch on and then we can, yeah. we can go from there for, with yeah. you, Brian. I wanted to bring up, I really got into TNA probably about 06, 7, 8. Yeah. And it just because other other products just got stale and I wanted to see something good and I got I saw TNA. So anyways, yeah. I said that to say this late 2007, early 2008, you yeah. start this feud. We'll call it trilogy with with yeah. Awesome Kong. Yeah, probably one of to this day, one of the best feuds I've seen in women's wrestling. Thank you. Uh, and the thought process did you guys think that you're going to go three matches or were you basically <laughs> no. going or were you or were you going to go by match by match basis oh i mean literally i think it was kind of like begging for so long begging for so long and then all of a sudden they're like oh yeah we're gonna bring a women's time. listen you gotta remember if you look at the history they tested the waters first so when they finally decided to give the women a chance you know jeff was like can you work with jackie moore and i was like i can work with anyone just bring in any female i don't care who it is and uh. that was a success you know people really liked what they saw out of me and jackie and then you know they tried a couple of other girls to come in and work but they were a little bit more green but then they for some reason they're like okay we're gonna try this women we're gonna bring in a title we're gonna bring in hire seven women and do this gauntlet and I think because we were 
they accepted us and wanted to give us the chance, but it was almost like they didn't put a lot of thought into it. They kind of just went with the basic formula for wrestling, which is pretty simple, you know, build a basic storyline as opposed to over, over gimmicking the storyline, you know, just keeping the matches and the storyline really, really simple. And with me and Kong, it was literally a David and Goliath storyline situation which we didn't even know would happen we didn't know we we're gonna have that chemistry it just happened to work out you know being magic and we uh had a great chemistry and so it was i don't know it just was magical i think at the time too no other companies were doing it so i think all those women who got hired you know this was their chance they all loved wrestling so much they were all so passionate i'm sure every single one of them felt like they had to prove themselves Every single time. I remember when we had that first gauntlet in Atlanta for the title. I mean, the girls were in tears uh, even before the match started. You know, we were so nervous that the, the energy was this nervous energy because we knew we had a lot to prove. We're like, OK, if we don't if we don't succeed, they could kill this women's division instantaneously. And so, um, you know, Jeff just really liked what he saw in me and Kong. It was like an instinct with him, I guess. And we just kind of just kept going and we didn't know what was happening at the time. We were just trying to do our best to have great matches and prove ourselves as women because nobody believed in women's wrestling at that time. Well, you, you know, Gail, um, with, with RJ talking about that feud. Yeah. And, and, and think about what I'm saying for a minute. So I really think the reason why even I was captured, because I wasn't in TNA at the time. Yeah. I was completely captured with y'all's rivalry. And I think, honestly, the reason, seriously, and I think this means so much to what we do now at Impact, yeah. mm -hmm. is we broke the barrier because Kong is a beautiful person. I'm not saying yeah. she's not. Yeah. But she wasn't your typical diva, your typical knock. And she was a monster. Yeah. Uh, and you were that typical diva. You were yeah. that typical knockout. And what made that match and that rivalry, not it wasn't even a match. It was just that rivalry. Yeah. So good was that. And you're right. It was David versus Goliath. And it was a kind of a, holy shit, look at this fucking woman. Yeah. She's going to destroy this little skinny, frail girl. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? yeah. And that was not happening in the world today. That wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And that's what made it so great, in my opinion. It I remember seeing her for the first time. I mean, if you look back at the women wrestlers in that year or around those years, nobody had facials like her. You know, mm -hmm. she was so dialed into her character, like to the point where you know, I was scared when I faced her in the ring. I'd be like, holy shit. Oh my God, this woman is scary. And even when, you know, physically when she'd bring, I felt like I had to throw my body into everything for real. You know, um, I always told her like years down the road after we created magic and everything, I said to her, I go, you've literally taken years off my career. And she's like, wait, what? You know that I'm calling her out. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I said, Honestly, you have, but I would never take back one bump, one moment. Um, it was all worth it. You know, it really was. Um, so you, you have to admit, 
she is one of the nicest people in the world, even though yes, yes, yes. says otherwise. Yes. Huge heart. Great person. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better beginning. And, you know, when she retired in WA Empower, um, couldn't have asked for a better finish, you know, for us, to yep. be honest, to close that chapter. It was, I, I, I always, I'm, you know, I'm not super religious. I believe in God and I fear God. And I always just really believe that he has just given us this blessing and where we got to see it through to the end, you know, from the beginning to the end. And even when we were in WWE, when she came in as karma, I've only told this story a couple of times um, where she was, you know, she was getting that massive push. She was doing all those vignettes and she was coming out and destroying everyone, all the girls, you know, at one point, once they finished playing her vignettes, she'd come and lay out certain girls every week. And I remember we're on a live event show a weekend and she was booked and I was in a tag match. It was like the Bella twins versus me and Eve. And I remember that day when the agents were like, okay, once this match is done, Kong is going to come and lay out Eve and Gail. And I was like, in my mind going, okay, now it's happening. Like they finally got to me. And in my mind, the, the only reason why I was saying that in my mind is because we had already had our history and I, you know, obviously WWE never saw me as a star in any way. So I felt like they were going to ruin our history because they do have a bigger platform. They, you know, I just felt like, oh, everything we've just done is going to be tainted by whatever they decide to do. And so at the end, so we're about to have this tag match. Literally, the agents come in, they're like, oh, Kong is going to go home or she's going on to the next city. I was like, wait, what? It was, it was so just weird. Uh, we, there was no explanation. So the next day we traveled to TV raw. And one of the first people I saw was her. And oh, let me put this, um, give you some information before that the week before um, the writers had come up to me they're like trying to big it up. Like, Oh, you're going to be Kong's first singles match. And in my mind, I'm, I wasn't dumb. I was like, Oh, so her first squash match, you know, cause they're building her. And so of course I would have done it. I would do anything for her, but I just felt like, you know, ruining our history in a sense or tainting it. Absolutely. And I remember I, wa- I walked into the building and Kong was like, can I go, can I talk to you? And so we went to the stairwell and she told me she was pregnant and, uh, and I was just like, Oh my God, congratulations. So part of me was like, Okay, well, I was con- I was very happy for her because I knew she wanted to have a family one day, and but at the same time, I was like, "Frick, God, just divine intervention." And to me, in my mind, I was like, "Just saved our history, uh, like untouched," because I already knew what was going to happen, you know. So um, I just believe in. Oh, look at pardon the pun, but I believe in karma, right? So. <laughs> Um, I felt like just everything was protected that day. There you go. Brian, you yeah. got anything? That, 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 that was the question I wanted because I, I just want to kind of a little peek behind that, that rivalry. And I was hoping you'd kind of go there with the, you, when you were there with her and uh, WWE too, Gail. So I yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't know. I knew that Beth wanted to work with her. I knew that 
they had talked about that um but i didn't really know beyond what the writers were telling me and um which you know they don't give you a lot of information so when you do you kind of translate it to what it really is so when they're like oh you're gonna be our first singles match you know all excited like it's some special thing but i already knew it was gonna be a squash match right so um which i thought was a shame because let me go back even before that when they were trying to tell me all this stuff when they're bringing in karma, they said to, I said, oh yeah, something about, I don't know how the conversation came up about her, but they tried to act like they had never seen Ming Kong work before. You know, that's just how the office was. They would never that's admit how, they watched that, TNA. That's how they are. We know that. Yeah. So they would never admit it. But then I was like, are, do you think I'm dumb? I was like, uh, then why did you rehire me? You fired me a couple of years ago. So you rehired me for a reason it's because you saw what i did with kong and you hired kong for a reason because you saw what she has accomplished so you know you just take everything with a grain of salt and translate everything to what you believe it is to be honest so, i agree so yeah. so so gail I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip this for a minute and then mm-hmm. we can do whatever you want to do after this um yeah so i want to because this this was cemented in my head, um, in Boston, yeah, uh, you and Taryn Terrell, yeah, basically tore the fucking roof off the building. Um, I did not referee it. Uh, ODB did. <laughs> I know, and I'm so mad at her. Bam. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, seriously. Now, here's my here's my. <laughs> God, I don't want to bury Taryn at all. Because no, nobody expected it, Brian. Okay. Nobody expected it. Right. And so, um, here's a girl who looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Um, very super hot. And we talked about yes. her earlier before you came on. Yeah. Um, not the greatest of workers. Okay. Am I fair saying that? Uh, I, I just believe it's all in your opponent, and it, you. I was always the type of worker I knew in my mind to have the best match. You play to your opponent's strengths. Okay. Well, so I found to, her great. <laughs> Gail, I'm trying to put you over. In other words, I think that you're exactly right with what you're saying. I think that you took the best and got the best out of somebody who wasn't the best of workers is my opinion. Now you are the one that works with her all that kind of stuff. Maybe she was better than I thought, but that night she was unbelievable. You were unbelievable. And I just think that that's the person you are. I think that the reason why I brought this up is because I think that like you told Jeff, you just bring them fucking in and I'll put them over. Yeah. Right. So my point is this: Taryn was a good worker. She was not saying that. But she wasn't yeah. a Gail Kim. She wasn't an awesome Kong. She wasn't, uh, I can name a list, but I'm saying yeah. she was passionate about what she had to do with you. And yeah. it showed, And I think you brought it out in her. And that's why, excuse me. And that's why that match in Boston, in my opinion, I was watching in gorilla position and was flipping the fuck out. Like, <laughs> so. I'm giving you props because I think you bring out the best in other people. And my point being this, now we have the classic 
beautiful girl versus beautiful girl. Yeah. Right. As opposed to awesome Kong versus Gail Kim. Right. So I wanted to get your opinion on how you felt about that. Um, listen, I just looked at, like I just said, I wanted to bring up, I, listen, my approach to everyone, whether it was WWE, whether it was TNA impact, whatever it was, I always would say, give me that girl. I will, get a good match out of her you know that was what I wanted to prove to others what I wanted to prove to myself <clears throat> that I could wrestle a broomstick and have a good match you know what I mean right. um but with Taryn I always knew I worked with her previously in WWE so I knew her personality a little bit but I, even I didn't know what she was capable of I knew she was a stunt woman okay outside of the wrestling company so I knew she was willing to go balls to the wall. And I, and she would always tell me, I love physicality. I love this. Just, yeah, whatever hit me. Or, you know, I knew there was no limit with her. And that is a very, very rare thing to come across in the business, at least because I knew I was willing to go there, but it was very hard to find people to go there. <laughs> um, so so when this came up this match and you know we had we had thought of a different finish actually with the writers but because of the venue and the stage and you know sometimes buildings don't allow you to do certain things and then the main event that night was sting and bully ray and they had like some type of hardcore match as well so that night they said Bruce was the boss I remember and they're like well you guys can't use weapons in this last knockout standing match and I was like what do you mean we can't it's a last knockout standing match and they said yeah the main event they said the main event's going to be using so literally again where I had to beg I was literally begging in prayer mode with my hands like please 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 can we just have one chair all I need is one chair that's it and I will make the most out of that chair and I even said my literal words were, because you got to remember, we had a women's division that was strong, but there's still mentality of, you know, a very male dominated mentality. So I had to say, I promise I will use it in a girly way. Like I literally said those words for the chair. I'll use it in a girly way. Um, and I explained each thing that I probably would do. Right. And they just turned out to be more physical than what people would imagine, I guess. I didn't even know how they would turn out. Um, but when the finish, you know, with the finish, it was just like, okay, you know, are we willing to go that far? And we said, oh, fuck it, we're doing it. <laughs> and it turned out better than we ever imagined. You always hope for magic in wrestling and you don't get those moments very often. And I didn't know if this was going to happen after Kong, but with Taryn, it did. Um, it was just, I'm very fortunate to have been able to experience a couple of magical moments throughout my career. Well, the last thing I want to say, and then I, I want you to um, take a moment as well, because I know what this means to you. Um, I just want to say, and I mean this with all my heart, mm -hmm. um, Gail, you mean a lot to me and I love Robert and you are a very special person in my life that I'm very proud to be a part of with you and Robert and um, I'll, I'll miss you more than probably half the fucking boys <laughs> on, on the road. 
And, um, you know, I just want you to know that I, I, I think you're great. And I think your, your career is unbelievable. Um, I didn't know as much as I did before we did this podcast. Uh, yeah. RJ sends me um, these, these run sheets and yeah. I go through and I read. And it's just unbelievable. And you have a very story career. And I just, I just want you to know that I appreciate everything you've done, not just for me, but just for this business. And I want you to know also that you are a, 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 a pioneer for women and I appreciate it. And I know what it means to you. And I guess to sum it up, just to say, you're, you're my ride or die forever. And <laughs> thanks, Brian. It, it's, it's, it's for real. This ain't me just talking shit. It's for yeah. real. And I, I, I just think that, that you should be honored as, as, as a women's professional wrestler. Um, you're right. You know, women, women deserve more. They do. Yeah. Um, and you're getting there and you're the one that's getting leading there. the charge. Getting you're there, the one yeah. leading the charge. And I know you are because <laughs> I ride with you, you know, and I've, I've been with you for years and years and years. Um, so with, with, with that being said, unless RJ wants to say anything else, uh, you know, I want you to tell me what you feel about how you want to try and navigate this thing. Cause I know you have to navigate it Yeah. to where you want it to be the way you want it to be. Yeah. I think we're getting there really slowly. Um, listen, we've made steps and it's taken since, I mean, literally I started wrestling. My first bump was in the year 2000. So now it's 2022. So it's taken some time. Obviously you go through these roller coasters, but um, without certain people, I mean, of course we're getting the ball and then running with it, but we have those people that give us the opportunities, you know, and I really realized between working for Vince and working for Jeff, you know, um, I, I had heard that Joe, even Jeff, I've heard both that Vince and Jeff hated women's wrestling, but Jeff actually changed my mind. Like he gave me that opportunity. I I've always told everyone I owe Jeff a lot. He's the one who gave me that chance to you know, wrestle. He was the one when I asked to be a producer, hired me as a producer. I have a lot to um, owe him in a sense. You know, I'm so appreciative that he's always believed in me. And this was from people that would tell me that he hated women's wrestling. Maybe he did back then. Hopefully, you know, I helped change his mind along with all these other women. But, you know, to see where the women are now, the knockouts, and it's like 20 women deep or maybe not that many right now, but it's pretty close. It's, it's just this past weekend too in Atlanta. Uh, we just had a couple of shows that haven't aired yet, but all the girls killed it. I mean, all the girls killed it, and it's just it's just impressive the hell out of me. I'm just so proud. Like I really, I always tell everyone, I'm like, I never had kids of my own. I have stepchildren. I have nephews, and I have godchildren. But I, I literally feel like these women are almost like my children in a sense. Like I feel very nurturing towards them and I want to see them succeed. And um, it's just, I, I do get that high of how I felt when I finished a great match, when they kill it, I can feel that high for a couple of weeks too. It's, it's unbelievable. I never thought I would get that for someone else's match, but I do. And it's um, really gratifying to see them grow and to see them learn and apply that in the ring and 
to see them have those highs that I got to experience myself. I, I just really enjoy it. Um, it makes me not want to get in the ring because so many people are always like, are you going to come out of retirement, blah, blah, blah. I don't have a desire because I get total fulfillment right now. So, so I'm going to end with this. And if you ever come out of retirement forever, yeah. reason there may be, if I'm not your referee, I'm going to come <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> okay. I mean I know, that. I know. I know. And you got I'm that gonna promise. That. I'm it's never going to happen. I'm never going to come. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, you know what? I, I swear, Gail. I, I look forward to maybe one day that happening because I want that angry Asian in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just did say to me, they're like, Gail Kim and Sasha Banks. And I was like, oh, uh, that sounds oh my good. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would, um, I would, I, I swear, you, you'd probably make me go kill myself if I was not your referee. <laughs> well, chances are pretty slim anyway, so. Never know, never say never. Yeah, you never say never, but, you know, my, my body. And, you know, I see some people who went beyond their time. <clears throat> and I'm not saying, if I put in the training effort, I know I can produce. I just, I don't know there's a lot of factors. There's so many factors, you know, you just want to close that door and cause you'll never be happy. You know what I mean? You'll always want to come out of retirement. There's gotta be a moment where you, you really have to have that peace. And, you know, like I said, I want the fans to remember me at my best in my last match. I was, I could have asked for a better match to be honest. So do I want to ruin that? I don't think I do. So, so let me ask you this, Gail, let me ask you yeah. this. And I know, and, and RJ, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but she has constantly told me she doesn't believe me. She thinks I'm full of shit. Yeah, you're coming um, out she's of called, retirement. She, yes. She's called me the Tom Brady of fucking wrestling. <laughs> um, but here's my thing. You, at, at, I'm touching on what you did. Did you, did you not see my dad? What do you mean, did I not see him? I saw him. Yeah. Okay. That was my not- favorite part of the night. Okay. Well, well, fuck. It wasn't me. <laughs> well, you were part of that. You were I down. Know. That's why he had to go in. <laughs> I'm messing with you. So what I'm saying is that's not what I want to be. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate yeah. everything you've ever done in the business, but I don't want people remembering me not being able to get up, get down and all that kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and God bless him. You know, I mean, people forgive him for some reason because I guess he's a fucking man, I guess. I've never seen your dad. I feel like he's always. Uh, I mean, I think you notice more because, you know, he's your dad. Um, But I've never. uh, Obviously, your dad was, you know, getting older, but we all do get older. But I never noticed anything where I was like, oh, my God, he can't get back up. I've never seen that. But well, you could, were making fun of him at Slammiversary. <laughs> we well, I, I, was, I wasn't making fun of him. I was trying to prove a point where I laid the shit out for the guy. And the guy <laughs> didn't do it. He changed it on the fucking fly. Oh, well, he's a, he's your veteran. <laughs> he's got seniority over you, Brian. Come on now. He's I, know, your dad. <laughs> and I, looked, I looked at him. I swear to God, yeah, I looked at him. I said, you know what? And I'm still trying to sell. And I, I was, looked at the camera and I, went, okay, I said, you know what? Do what the fuck you want to do. <laughs> but and anyway, was no, it no. not like the biggest 
pop of the night when he took off oh. the shirt. Absolutely. <laughs> with that with that fucking TNA fucking Hall of Fame patch on it. <laughs> I love the Hepners. Love the Hepners. But no, oh, um, but no, um, that's awesome, Gail. Um, I swear. Listen, I just want to see this division grow and keep on going in that direction. I think Scott's doing an awesome job of, um, you know, really bringing in really talented ladies and they're just, God, and just this past weekend, um, you know, the matches that we filmed, two of the matches were like 15 or 16 minutes long. I mean, that's pay-per-view time matches, you know, because you know what? They believe in the women. That's why they know that they can go and they can deliver. That's the kind of trust that they have in them now. And there's just so many of them. And it's a solid division up and down that card in some way. You know, everyone has something good to contribute. So um, I'm just, I'm really happy where it's at right now. I'm really happy. RJ? I, I'm just enjoying my time here. I could listen to you guys talk forever, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, no, but seriously, Gail, thank you so much for taking time for, for the show tonight. I know Brian yes, appreciates it. I appreciate it as well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm d- definitely looking forward to what TNA, or excuse me, TNA. Shit. Yeah, impact. Impact. Same thing. Impact. To me, it's impact. always TNA too, yeah. yeah. To what impact, especially the women's division, has coming up. Uh, yeah. What do you guys got coming up uh, pay-per-view-wise, TV-wise? We have Emergence next, I believe. Uh, so we're going to Louisville, Kentucky. Then we're in Louisville, Chicago. Um, I have to look at the list. Dallas, I believe. I'm not sure if we announced Dallas, so maybe I shouldn't have said that. But we're definitely in Louisville and Chicago in the next uh, few. So definitely, if you're in the area, come check us out. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh, Gail. <laughs> the dirt, dirt sheet's going to get you with Dallas. You better not announce it. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Fuck <laughs> them. Exactly. Exactly. I'm glad you guys were talking about women's wrestling tonight. I appreciate that you guys are bringing that to the forefront. Thank you both. Not a problem. And I, and um, I, this is my last thing I'm gonna say. And mm-hmm. I'm done for real. I swear. <laughs> I can't. I can't help it. When I'm with Gail, I just want to talk to her. <laughs> this is probably the long podcast is what I've ever done. Um, yeah that's fine but um but but no seriously like watching her in gorilla position is the most amazing thing she doesn't think that i do this but i do i'm the most (laughs) servant i am the most like she's told me before i am a very passionate dude yeah and i i pay attention to things and little details and watching her in gorilla on headset is the most amazing thing i think i've ever seen in my life um (laughs) It's, it's awesome because you see the passion. She's going move for move. She's moving her head. She's moving her body. She's like, why didn't this <laughs> I happen? do react. I do yes. react. I'm not going to lie. Gail, it's so great. It's so great. It means you matter. Like, you you mean it. You're like, you're yeah. putting your heart into it. Yeah. And it means so much to people. You know what I mean? Like, to me, mm-hmm. it means everything. I want you to be that way. You should be that way. Yeah. I, I don't know how it'd be if I was an Asian. I'd probably be the same thing. I'd be like, God yeah. damn it, fucking shits. What the it fuck? Shows, it shows you know? passion. Like the other day I saw Tommy. He was on headset before me. And he was bopping to the music. And I do that too, right? I was like, oh, Tommy's like me. You know, what? especially during certain people's entrance music that you really feel. I'm just like, 
I, I feel like our company does such a great job with entrance music. And so I, you just really get into the, because t- they're all so catchy, right? So you feel yourself bop into the beat <laughs> all the time. And of course, reacting to, um, yeah, what's happening in the ring. So uh, I love that. If I didn't feel that passion, I wouldn't want to be in the business, you know, so. Exactly. Well, yeah. Gary, I know RJ's going to close it out. I just want to let you know, I love you very much. And I uh, love, love, love you, love buddy. And uh, let him know. We'll see each other. Yes, we will. Definitely. I know, I know we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Next week, Brian, we're going to keep the TNA impact tradition going. Next week, it's everything Christopher Daniels. Uh, we're actually going to be going over the match that you did for Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles Destination X 2011. I'm sure I'll bring up some sort of memories for you for next week because you probably don't remember any of it, but. Um, why, why are you calling me out like that? I just figured it was. Because he knows you very well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just give me the notes and I'll be able to, I'll be able to navigate and watch. RJ, I've, all, I've only done probably a million matches. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, believe it or not, and we'll end on this, though. I've literally gone, and I've told you this, I'm actually up to 2003 in WWE right now. All right, I you actually, didn't count, and, you didn't count actually, Impact. You no, I did. No, I, I already did Impact. I did Impact. But I, what I'm saying is I have like actually probably it's like an eight-page document of every match you did. Hey, Gail. Uh, yeah. Gail, what yeah. a mark. What a mark. <laughs> no, it's, it's called appreciate plan- him. Appreciate him, Brian. It's called appreciate it's called RJ. planning. It's called planning. Yes. <laughs> and with, yes. without planning, there's chaos. Yes, I agree. <laughs> thanks, but guys. Thanks, Gail. Appreciate okay. it. Thank you, we'll Gail. Love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, Brian. So that is next week right here on Reffing It Up with Brian Hebner. Head over to castby.com slash reffing it up. All our links are there. All that good stuff. Brian, we're going to mention next week officially where we're going to be coming up at Labor Day weekend. Uh, but until then, people, uh, way of people can get a hold of you. Uh, at Baby Hebner, at Baby Hebner on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's where I live and stay. There you go. That's all we can hope for. And lastly, thank you so much again to Gail Kim for coming on. That was great to have her on again, Brian. I know you guys are uh right ride and die buddy so uh it's great to like i said i i just like sitting back and listen to you guys chat i probably could do that for another another two hours but uh can't do that now i get some sleep <laughs> yeah we, we we do and we you know you know we we don't want to get elongated and things like that but sure. don't forget we need to put over our buddy oh mr aj mckay aj mckay with the hottest opening on podcast network right now i haven't heard a better entrance yet so if you, and, if you have and, a better entrance let me know and, and and we also have to put over jd right yeah jd hoop he he's the man that does all the great graphics for our shows uh he actually designed uh the street profits if you watched uh, money in the bank this past weekend he actually designed uh the uh the street profits in ring gear uh him and uh dj rod as well uh that's a friend of the show as well so Big props to both of them, especially as well as JD Hoop. He does absolutely phenomenal work. Uh, if you anybody's listening right now that wants any type of work done for your show, for anything in general, artwork, photography, 
JD Hoop is the man. He is at JD Hoop 702 on Twitter and Instagram. So check him out. Great guy. I've uh, been friends with him for a number of years since I've been doing all these shows. So can't say good enough things about him. And where can we find uh, AJ McKay? You can go to his website, which will also be in the show notes as well. He's ajmckcreative.com. All his uh, work is there. All his links to his uh, uh, Instagram, excuse me, his uh, Facebook, his Twitter, and his LinkedIn is there as well. Guys, if, if, if you watched as much TV as I do, dude, you probably have heard his commercials tenfold every every time you sit there and watch TV. So I'm sure you've heard of his stuff. Go out, give him a follow, follow his stuff. Great work that he does as well. Awesome. Well, guys, I know we went a little long on uh, as our normal podcast, but you know what? It was freaking Gail Kim. All right. So we let her talk and that's, that's, that, that that's awesome. And that's fine too. What a, what a, what a wonderful person she is. And uh, she's standing up for a good cause. She, she, she wants women to have equal rights and, you know, build a division that, is better than any other in the wrestling world. So awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm so excited about this. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. And I'm just very blessed. And it's definitely something that'll be coming in the, in the forefront, definitely very, very soon for impact wrestling in general, as well as the women's division there. So until next week, we, like I said, we will be going over uh, Christopher Daniels, his match with AJ Styles, destination X, 2011 so if you want to check that out is 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 on youtube so if you want to check it out uh beforehand certainly do that but until then thanks for joining us right here with on roughing it up with brian hebner one two three